1: What up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Well, I don't know if children listen. Actually, that's not true. I do have some children that listen. Uh, like, like your, your own? Brother. Yeah, well, my <laughs> own for sure, but, um, but the their friends at school. I have a couple of them that listen, and they're always commenting on our YouTube page. So, Emery, a little shout out to you. Uh, he's always, always, always leaving us stuff on our YouTube page. So hopefully we affect the youth young and they listen, learn a little something, even if they don't quite know all the vocabulary yet, just the little tidbits that they get, Hopefully it makes something makes a difference for them. All right, before we get started, make sure we do our normal announcements, ladies and gentlemen. Three hundred and sixty-five pairs of shoes. Um, Jose Valencia, our last guest, is going to give us a couple pairs of shoes, so we are whoop, whoop. down to under three forty. I think it's going to be somewhere around there. Sweet. <clears throat> so if you have gently used pairs of shoes or new pair of shoes that you hustled off Amazon. I'll right out there. Yeah, you need somebody to uh, pick them up. James will ride out there on his Harley, pick them up for you. And remember, our goal is 365 pairs of shoes before the end of the year. So uh, if you got them, let us know. James at csfirst.com or text them, call them
2: 619-884-0045. Cool beans? Cool beans. I haven't said cool beans in a while. <laughs> I say cool beans all the time.
1: Yeah? Yeah.
2: yeah we, it's like a thing.
1: Yeah, you're... you're well, well, you're beans, right? I am beans. So you are beans. I yeah,
2: about I am that. beans. Shout out to Adam. <laughs> shout out to Adam. <laughs> uh, right. was is that our only announcement? That That's we got? the
1: only one I got today. I'm saving the uh, the shout-outs for the next. The shout-outs for the next episode at five o'clock. All right, cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, well, here we
2: go. Let's get this show on the road. Let's do this. Before we do that, big introduction. Uh, we should we we did it in the live session, but Mr. Rick Vasa with Drive Wealth Management, who brought us some awesome shirts. Really excited about that. I got the blue one. These, oh, these, these are the nice ones, too. They're the um, the, dry, the, the, the dry, dry, dry fit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, those
1: rock. Yeah, <laughs> those not rock.
2: They didn't go cheap with the cotton. They went with the dry fit. Went with, he went with I dry like fit. it, I like it. Because he's driven. Yeah, people are getting uh, after it. You know? yeah, <laughs> see, see what's up. Awesome. So welcome to the show, Rick. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having
1: me. Uh, dude, um, so Rick and I had a conversation prior to uh, the podcast and then again, because he got here a little bit early, we were waiting for you to show up, James. Mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. had having another conversation. And I told him right before I started, I was like, maybe we should just sit here in <laughs> silence because <laughs> didn't get all kinds of stuff talking about. And uh, well, let, let's just start off with where you are, and then we'll jump into a whole bunch of topics. Um, so where, where, you know, where'd you come from? Where are you today? A little bit, and tell me a little bit about what driven is.
3: Yeah, no, and uh, the planner in me, I got here a little, little early, right? Didn't That's cool. be late. Better early um, than, than late. But no, I, I'm in uh, currently in San Diego. Uh, so actually, my wife and I just bought a place in Point Loma. Congratulations! Uh, so super excited. Got to do some uh, maintenance work this weekend, though. I'm gonna be doing the final touches on the painting and uh, recruited a friend to help me move uh, welcome to home ownership. i know right <laughs> <laughs> the joys and perks um but no we are really excited so that'll be uh, about a mile from ocean beach and a mile from liberty station so we're kind of oh, like nice. right in the middle nice yeah um so really excited we moved out here i'm new to san diego uh in may uh so we'll be coming up on a year um which has just been like a year of flies right bliss.
1: <laughs> flies yeah Where, where'd you come from originally
3: uh so east coast i'm originally from massachusetts um, did three years in New York and then most recently two years in Washington, D.C. Oh,
1: so when we're complaining about, you know, the 50 degree cold weather, you're like oh my God. It's, <laughs> in shorts, <and> a, <laughs> shorts. It's been and a cracking
3: shirt. me up as everyone complains about this winter, like, <laughs> oh, worst winter in the years. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> <are you> <laughs> and my family's already sick of hearing about it. Yeah. Uh, in particular, so my brother's in Chicago and they got smoked with that polar vortex mm-hmm. where it was like negative 50 degrees. Yeah, And uh, so we have like the group family chat and everything and sending messages and I just had to. Kind of twist the knife a little, and I'm "You're like, at the beach?" Yeah, I was like, well, we're having a bad week here too." And it was like 60 with a little bit of rain. <laughs> just like, oh my god, it's awful. <laughs> so it, it has been awesome. Um, came out here in May, uh, launched the firm in July. Um, takes a little bit of time to register with the states and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're registered in California, Texas, New York, and Massachusetts. Um, kind of the East Coast connection, and then yeah. just by chance, I have family and friends who are out in like the Austin. Uh, region, So that had, ended up being a pretty good concentration. So I registered there as well.
1: Nice. And so you started here in July, by the way, around the same time we started the podcast that so you yeah. launched this firm. So nice. so we we're about the same age here when it comes to Literally, you July 13th, right? Yeah. And I
3: have to double check, but my registration approval was like right around then too. So See, it would be kind of... Boom. Like <laughs> nice. Infants in the making.
1: But yeah. he, you're not an infant in the industry.
3: No, uh, despite looking 18, as I right. regularly get reminded <laughs> from clients, i you um, I need an ID not. for that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's a whole funny story in and of itself. The first time that happened, I'm out with clients. Hey, you know, I worked yeah. with some high net worth people mm-hmm. and the waiter decides it was a good time to ID me as of I'm it up. Like, yeah, you gotta thanks. do that, right? <laughs> you know what? Just bring me a chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, fortunately, like it, you know, kind of becomes a joke and I've gotten very used to handling that. Um, but coming from Boston started with Fidelity Investments where they're headquartered out of there. So a lot of us who go through finance at some point have some exposure to that company. Great organization, there nothing but positive things to say about them. I was with them for about five and a half years. Got some excellent training, moved from Boston down to their New York office. So that's where I spent my time in the New York Uh, role uh, advising their kind of high net worth clients in downtown Manhattan. So that was a lot of fun, like office right outside of Rockefeller Center.
1: Yeah, you're (laughs) right in the nitty gritty of it all.
3: Yeah, so I I loved it. And it's funny how New York does this to you. But like you go from the total tourist, you know, looking up at all the skyscrapers and and loving every minute to then getting frustrated every Christmas season as just the tourists swarm into the tree. Um, It's, you know, it's kind of that rat race. But uh, it was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot too, um, through the time being. My wife actually um, transitioned. She was taking her uh, master's at NYU um, through international affairs. So D.C., I kind of joke, is like the equivalent of New York for international affairs as mm-hmm. New York is for finance. Um, so she got to a point where she was ready to make the move to D.C. I had just hit my five years with fidelity. So it was like a, you know kind of a perfect time to poke your head out and see what else is out there. Um, that's when I switched over um, to D.C.
1: That's that's quite a move, though. I mean, it's it's. It's two different heavily populated worlds. <laughs> right? I mean I mean you went from from just that Wall Street feel to that political feel. Yep. Right? still dealing with finance
3: yeah and I was spoiled cuz the office um, you know I played golf and I joke you know it wasn't quite a driver away but probably a driver and a pitching wedge was the <laughs> office to the white house oh wow so it was pretty cool going from directly across from radio city to virtually directly across from the white house so especially when my parents came to visit they're like you know yeah, you're that's doing all right? great, perfect <laughs> yeah
1: you're doing great And then you come over here to California, and uh, you can't beat the weather here.
3: Yeah, and so now we're, I mean, we're setting roots to, you know, my family back on the East Coast isn't always too happy about it, but I'm like, hey, you guys can come out and visit, because... Especially during the winter exactly and i mean my wife and i just love it i mean we're you know we're gonna be here so
1: you ain't going anywhere take once back. you once you've realized why we pay the california tax there's a reason why people don't leave right
3: it's funny i wrote a little instagram caption on the sunshine tax and i'm like you gotta take <laughs> advantage of it right you, you gotta take advantage of what you pay for but it's true i mean there's just so much to do all
1: right so tell me a little bit about um what you used to do and why you why you started driven
3: yeah so i mean 30 years old it's you know i never it's expected to be owning a financial planning or investment management firm growing up for sure. Um, That's my what you f-
1: said as a kindergartner, right? <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. That's what I want to do
2: when I grow up. That was my dream. <laughs> Actually, it's
3: funny. My parents were just cleaning out the closet um, through, the, you know, they redid some of the uh, house and they found the old yearbook. And my um, like sixth grade one was like future CIA agent. So, <laughs> yeah, there you little, go. Little James Bond well, you though. had you <laughs> had
1: letters, they're just not the same ones, right? <laughs> Good
3: point. And there is a, C, a couple C's in there. There you go. Um, but no, so my family uh, grew up in a real estate family. Um, so I'm the first to admit, you know, very privileged, like Silver Spoon upbringing. My grandfather worked really hard to develop, um, a, you know, a successful real estate development company. And my dad and uncle ended up working for him and kind of always envisioned going the same direction. Real estate was always an interest to me. Um, you know, love tagging along to like the projects yeah. within sites with my dad, things like that. Um, just so happened, I entered college. Um, 2007 was when I graduated high school, so kind of entering college right at the heart of the or the uh, start of crisis, the crisis. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, like any real estate family, ours got hit particularly hard. Um, but you know, most of them came out on the other side, as you guys are well aware, being in real estate. Um, the difference was my grandfather actually died in the middle of the real estate crisis, uh, unexpectedly, had a heart attack. And so, the, the, the bad part of this was he had done really no financial planning. And cool. so, this, uh, as you guys are aware, like personal guarantees on loans, I mean, like yeah, every, you, you name the worst called. things he could yeah. have done, he did them and no life insurance to cover it. So, I actually saw my dad take over as trustee, you know, handling the estate and everything. Um, what really should have been the prime of his career, uh, he spent 10 years handling the estate. And selling off everything. Order, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as you can imagine at that point banks are calling everything in. He oh, yeah. fire sales across uh, everything around. And I mean to my dad's credit, I, I still don't know how he did it, but you know, I had a total still blessed, you know, he paid for school, like took care of all of that. He just he just found a way to make it work. Um, But it was eye-opening for me to see how impactful that was and even worse than the financials and what kind of really lit the fire under me I mean, I'm the oldest of all of our grandchildren. There's like 20 of us on my dad's side. We grew up, you know, Thanksgiving's together um, Holidays, summers, and we were very very close and unfortunately going through this as money so often does with families um, Most of his siblings don't have good relationships anymore Um, so kind of seeing firsthand the fallout of what can happen when your financial planning isn't done um, is it, it was devastating really. And as the oldest, like I think I kind of got a real uh, strong glimpse into that and it you know, confided in me a lot of what was going on. You were and, of
1: age to kind of like,
3: yeah, I knew it. hear and understand exactly. Like I was at that point. And so, you know, just, I think seeing that and, and hearing it just, I was like, you know, this is just a different calling. Like I need to make sure that, this isn't happening to other people, frankly, because I know if my grandparents go back in time, they would have done things differently where that wouldn't have been even an option. And there's so many easy things that you can do to Well, nobody plans on dying. Exactly. Right?
1: We have to plan in case we die, but nobody plans on dying.
3: Yeah, especially, I mean, healthy, you know, 60-plus-year-old male. I mean, it's just, you know, you're not really expecting that. You don't don't know when...
1: I mean, it it was a heart attack, but it could have been anything. It could have been a beam falling on him. It could have been him tripping and falling down. It could have been anything. And, (laughs) And that's one of those scary things about life that we all have to come to grips with and sometimes you know you deal with a lot of people who have no no real nest egg who have are struggling to make ends meet and if they pass away you see things like car washes around here or you know mm-hmm. different little go me's or something just to pay for funeral expenses but i like how you brought in the other aspect where you have a successful life, financially speaking. You have accumulated a number of assets. You have a trust, which most people don't even have. And yet, you still didn't have the plan necessary. And how devastating it is for a family.
3: Exactly, and yeah, to your point. I mean, it's all walks of life. It's it's not necessarily ultra wealthy or not. I mean, we all kind of know those stories of the family home being left to the siblings and fighting over what's yeah. going to happen to mom and dad's home, right? Um, so I think it, it it impacts us all, and and that was really important to me as I kind of started my journey. That was the initial fire, and then. I just got, I guess, fortunate that it's one of those things that did come fairly naturally. Um, So as I started with Fidelity, um, you know, I I guess kind of just trying to be a sponge, you know, reading as much as I could, uh, doing the work really to learn as much as possible. So I I pursued um, the designations I have or the, the CFA, which is a highly respected investment credential, and then the CFP, which is a certified financial planner. So kind of wanted to round out the ability to, to help and just advance really quickly through the ranks. Um, and eventually kind of coming full circle with that story is when I got to DC, uh, that's when I um, ultimately took over as a portfolio manager. And you know I was managing a little over, at the at time I left about $300 million. And The minimum on our private wealth team to work with me was five million dollars <laughs> again at 30 um, You start looking around like well family and friends can't yeah. really afford that um, And and I love my like the people I worked with were amazing I and mean, charitably inclined, you know, just so nice and a great You know, I was grateful to have the experience uh, But at the same time I was having friends who were coming to me, you know, hey Rick You're obviously having a lot of success. I have these Pretty daunting challenges, you know, student loans, planning for a family, you know, rent versus buy decisions um, and I, I don't know what to do. And so the answer I had was, well, my firm really wants nothing to do with you just because our, our minimums are so high. Um, and I think the industry answer has pretty much been, you know, go in a robo advisor, fill out a risk tolerance questionnaire which really only helps you with your investing, doesn't answer any of those questions they mm-hmm. were actually asking me about. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's kind of a hole in the system where you're like, well, these are people who need the help at this stage of their life, and if you can address it now, I mean, you're going to change their life forever.
1: Let, let's hover on that because that's that's one of those weird Conundrums that that exists in the financial world. I need to invest my money to make as much money as I possibly can. Give me the best quality investment possible. I'm and you, your answer is, I'm sorry, I can't. You're not an accredited investor. I can't give you the same opportunity that the guy who makes you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, two million dollars, mm. you know, in assets can, because you just don't. You, you, based on this standard, you don't make enough money to understand the investment that's coming in and that's not always necessarily the case. Let me or all I want you to do is help me get from where I am at to so I'm a, so that I'm in a better position. Help me make some of these general decisions and yet we as a fiduciary, you know, sometimes you're not allowed to help to the extent that you want to help.
3: Yeah, in a lot of cases, that was exactly the, the situation. And then I'd even say to complement that, um, you know, that the habits uh, that you start now are the same even when you have wealth, e- even if you don't have them, right? right? It's it's all starting to build those habits and momentum because you know that twenty-five dollars that maybe you can only save a month now is going to turn into a hundred dollars. It's going to turn into a thousand dollars. And so if you're having that, if you're building those processes now, because a lot of people will say, well. Oh, well, you know, when I have money, I'll, I'll handle that. Right. It's like it's not like a, f- a, flip a yeah. switch just I gets wish flipped, right? Like yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, what I, that's really one of the big messages I try to get across is, you know, even if it feels like you can't do it now, just getting those systems started um, will really be impactful. Well,
1: well, we talked a little bit before the show about uh, have, accumulating that kind of wealth structure, right? We were talking about well, if you invest over time, you uh, it's 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 the basic compound interest formula, right? A Very mm-hmm. basic formula. Um, you put money away, and over a period of time, it increases, and you're earning money on not only your principal, but what money it earns. So you're earning money on your money. And and the problem that most people face is they don't realize the power of putting that money away until they're in their forties or fifties and they're a few years away from retirement. Yeah, they but have that oh gosh moment. That, yeah, right. <laughs> and so now they're looking at the at, at their portfolio and they're like, okay, well, I need to put away so much money to get to my retirement. And now it's now you've lost the power of time, right? Because the there's the The main two components in this compound interest are, are money putting in and time. And if exactly. you're wasting away the time, you need to compensate with more money. And that's one of those things that we try to get across to people as much as possible. Even at my 17 year old kids, I'm like, I don't care what you're putting away right now. You're right. The 25 bucks, the 100 bucks. If you can do 25, 50 dollars a you know a year, that's five, six hundred dollars. You know, but you have time you yep. that money is gonna grow over time it's the one thing that you can't get back when you're 45 50 years old that's when you start looking back and regret like oh shit, i should have done that then
3: right yeah and that's why one of the things that we work with i mean the company we call them driven so it's a play on kind of our name but uh one of the things i always try to work with with members is you know what drives you so kind of identifying a couple of real priorities to people and I'd say common ones are, you know, saving for a down payment, a travel fund, um, healthcare, you know, th- things like that are important to them. And so what's important is I'll, I'll encourage them to label their accounts so that every time they log in, they see that, right? So mm-hmm. it'll say, you know, down payment account. And it's, it's powerful because we all have those money leaks that yes. you're referring to, right? Where there's 20, you know, what's five bucks here? What's 10 bucks here, right? It all kind of adds up over time. So if you have that kind of powerful behavioral indicator um, with the account nickname, Every time you log in, you see. Well, geez, my travel account says zero, but I really want to take that trip, right? It's an incentive to start funneling that money into those things that are important. So
1: that's cool. um, It's kind of like a digital visual visual board, right?
3: Exactly. Uh, But and it also encourages you to start stacking. And then what's cool is as it builds momentum, then you're like, well, geez, this thing's really starting to grow. And then it kind of snowballs. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's that's
1: really that is really really cool. I like I like the fact that you. You set them up that way because i wouldn't think to do that but that that totally makes sense
3: i mean at the end of the day a lot of the financial stuff we're doing are behavioral tricks because mm-hmm. a, a lot of what i think um holds people back is just the way we our mindset is over money i mean a lot of us know you know yeah of course i need to be saving more investing more right. but how can you figure out tricks that are actually going to stimulate that
1: yeah that's it's funny because i i did a i do what's what i've dubbed the my 10 challenge and it's it's a savings trick same type of thing i don't spend 10 dollar bills, so. It's, it's, you know, I, I, my wife and I put ourselves on a cash budget, so we know exactly, we take the cash out every month when we get paid, and mm-hmm. we're like, this is how much is going for groceries, this is how much is going for whatever, whatever, and everything else is automatic, so everything that, you know, our savings, go, our money comes out of our account, automatically goes wow, into that. our savings, yep. you know, <laughs> our, our bills are automatically paid, mortgage, all those other stuff, but every, all of our regular expenses, gas, fun money, our, uh, groceries, our own personal, like, uh allowances essentially yep. all that comes out in cash and so anytime i'm transacting i'm transacting in dollars so i'll go to in and out and it's like eight bucks or something and i give them a twenty dollar bill and if they give me two fives cool i can keep going on my day but if they get me a 10 i can't spend that and so i okay. keep them and i put them away like in a shoebox. box right? yeah, yeah. i just stack the tens and it's that's really cool because cool now it's you know it's been almost maybe two years or so and it's that's an extra two grand in ten dollar bills that is now there and it's fun. I've like. never
3: heard that too. It's, it's fun, uh, that's right?
1: It's cool. It's like different. And all of a sudden, it's a game. You're about to pay, and you're like, oh shit, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> Yes, I got fives, right? Whenever I got ten. You know, ten doesn't hurt. It's, it's it sucks, but it's not it's so bad.
3: And I like the way it frames too, because it's also like even if you're not spending it, then you're kind of rewarding yourself by putting it somewhere. Yeah, right? it's yeah, it's like still that. your money. Exactly.
1: Except you can put it towards something if you wanted something specific. So right now I'm putting money away because like my, my grandpa had this uh, Pepsi machine, like he, the one that takes dimes, like mm-hmm. old school, old school Pepsi machine. So it's sitting in my garage and it's it's ugly mm-hmm. right now. My goal is to take those 10s eventually and then refurbish it, make it nice, and then stick it in here in the studio. Oh, that'd be cool. So that'd be cool, right? You come yeah. over, you're like, hey, you want a Pepsi? Space. You got to drop a yeah. dime in there. <laughs> right? <laughs> It'd be cool to have. I like that. So that's that's the goal for the 10s right now, for me personally. But anybody can have a goal. And right? that's a great example Noemi, of a powerful motorbike.
2: Naomi Corona says she's going to bring you money in 10s. Yeah, she does do <laughs> that, too. She does do that.
1: She's she's one of my tax pros. So oh, so she she awesome. uh, does tax returns with me. And uh so she'll come in and she'll she'll pay for the, the returns that she's done and she'll she'll pay me in tens. I like her uh, a lot. <laughs> I'm like, oh thanks, Noemi. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done, right? For savings. No that that's that's really that's really one of those things it's forcing yourself to do some things because some things you have to set to to be automatic if you don't have them on automatic if you're not conditioned if you're not trained to do those things they're not going to get done it's like going to the gym or it's like being on you know the proper diet Mm. all those things are the same type of things we're human we're not going to do the things that we say we're going to do we're going to do the things that we have a habit of doing
3: and when they're automated, you're less likely to actually cancel it too. Right? Like think a think gym of gym membership. Yeah, like think of how hard it is if you're like twenty five bucks a month. I'm not like going to cancel 25 Yeah. You know. So I think there's there's it's on both sides. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it, that's I read a book a long time ago. Um, the Millionaire Millionaire next door, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that was the same type of thing. You're mm-hmm. gonna make a million dollars. You can put away that kind of money if you just have it systematically coming out of your account. And on a monthly basis or on a weekly basis or, well, on a pay period basis Mm -hmm. and just automatically have it done and don't even think about it. Right. Uh, What was another one? The richest man in Babylon is all about putting that 10 percent away for yourself. Mm. And I think there's a misconception on uh, paying yourself and putting money away. Like, I think there's a big difference. Paying yourself to, to me anyways is money that you will never touch again. It is your money and it's put to work for you. Because it's got to pay you when you stop working at some point in the future.
3: Yeah. And that's one of the things, I mean, now working with more and more business owners that we have to think about because um, by nature of the business, who we're kind of attracting is the young entrepreneurial, either starting a business or already along in their kind of early stages of the business. And it's easy because as you're putting money back into the business and seeing that growth, right, the growth rates can be really attractive. Yes. Um, so it's it's hard to say, well, geez, I'm going to be putting money off to something like a, you know, S&P 500 investment that's only going to get me 9% a year when reinvesting my business is going to be 20% or more, right? Yeah. Um, But kind of there's an interesting framework um, that I had just heard on a a recent podcast. And it's kind of like saying like you're pre-funding your buyout because ultimately by just building that to your point putting it away um, you're stockpiling that savings that is eventually going to allow you to walk away because otherwise you're going to be tied to the business forever and there's no end goal end game at well well, it's an exit strategy right exactly it doesn't
1: matter what type of investment you have i don't care what it is whether you're starting a business whether you're buying rental property or you're buying property in general or your own uh, finances in general, you need to be thinking with the end in mind. It's the out that's the that's the goal. It's the exit. Exactly. It's the only reason why you're going to work every day is because you need to get out of going to work every day at some point in the future. <laughs> but we don't think of it that way. We think of retirement as a number, as like I'm going to retire when I become 67 years of age or when I've done 20 years of service. But it. Whoops, Oops. that's you. That is, yeah. <laughs>
2: that's actually my business bros uh, alarm. alarm. It's funny, see. Okay,
1: now it's time to start the show. <laughs> <laughs> is This thing on? Yeah, is this thing on? <laughs> Oops. No, but but that that's the thing, right? Is is we all look at or many of us look at, at retirement as an age, and it's not an age. It's a it's not a an age problem. It's a it's a monthly cash flow problem. The yeah. sooner you can solve that cash flow problem, the sooner you could retire. Now, whether or not you're going to stop working, that's a whole different question on its own.
3: Yeah, and I'd say more and more, even the I mean, the people that are kind of being attracted to what uh, I'm doing with the company are that young, ambitious uh, individual or family, and they're they're saying, you know, more and more, we're not planning to retire, but. The idea of financial freedom is certainly attractive, right. right? So at some point, you do want to be able to make decisions because you want to, not because you feel like you financially have to. Right. And so that's, I think, a big, a huge component of it, too. It's getting away from that 67, 65 number when Social Security kicks in and more thinking about, okay, well, how am I setting myself up to really enjoy the lifestyle that I want?
1: That's that's the key. That's the that's the. I don't, I don't know if it's not sold right, if we don't learn it in school. I don't know what it is, but we're always taught that it's a number. Now, you work with a bunch of different people. You've been working with younger people. How difficult is it for them to like, internalize that, that idea of when you're 65 or when you're 55, when you're talking to a 25-year-old? I mean, that's another lifetime for them. Literally, if they're 25 and they're talking about 50, that's that's the same amount of time that they've been alive but they got to think of that in terms of that's the only time you really have those are your earning years those are your accumulation phase Mm -hmm. how do we how do we get that across to them
3: yeah I don't know if it's the marketing that I'm going with but I think um, a byproduct of it has been a certain person that I'm attracting to work with me and they are you know they're hungry they're ambitious so it's not necessarily a problem of convincing them how to save it's more of some of the strategic challenges they're coming along like you know, how do I analyze my stock options? How do I make a decision if I should be renting or if I'm ready to buy? Um, they know that they're, and just ambition alone is kind of having them on that pursuit to, you know, achieve high incomes and put some of the money away. In a lot of cases, that's even what it is. I have all this cash and I'm nervous about investing. I don't know what to do with it. Can, I, can you help me with that? Um, so it isn't as much of like convincing them that you have to do it. I think um, fortunately, a lot of us did see what our parents went through um, with the financial recession and just how like, no one is going to hold, like, no one's going to throw you a lifesaver, right? You're on your own. I mean, well, they're they're sinking too. (laughs) Yeah, and like their pensions are gone, right? So, I mean, there's just no, and Social Security only gets you so far. So I think we kind of all realize, like, We need to take control. Um, I think what I try to do is be that accountability partner along the way. Um, We all have financial blind spots. Sometimes it's just not having enough time even. Um, So a lot of those high achieving ambitious people, that's their biggest problem. It's like, hey, I know I'm probably doing a lot of this right. But at the same time, I need someone who has expertise and has seen you know, people go off the rails, frankly, a few times, um, to kind of watch my blind spots and make sure that I'm staying on track and doing the yeah. right things.
1: Well well the other thing is is I mean, there's sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Right? Exactly. So yeah. exactly. so having somebody to talk to, bounce ideas off of, get just a second opinion on where I'm at in life is it, it could it could open up doors to things that you, you didn't see that you know, you you didn't know could happen risks that are involved, right? Things that like uh, you know, that's okay. I got life insurance. I got you know, hundred fifty thousand. Well. But you have four kids and a mortgage. Like, do you know that if you die, that's not even going to cover you know X amount of Absolutely. your life, right? And so having this sit down conversation about, you know, I mean, again, life insurance is a love product. You love your family, right? We want to make sure they're taken care of. So let's let's set these these things up, and at least you have peace of mind. Now you focus your attention on whatever you were doing before. Keep going. Keep hustling. Go make as much money as possible. Exactly. Right? Uh, I mean, in, I I come across people who who just don't understand uh, vocabulary, for example. Things as simple as uh, tax-free right or tax deduction yep like does it mean it's free
3: <laughs> I actually it's funny I just did a post on that of kind of the industry jargon and how even that, I'm definitely guilty of it myself but sometimes because we're so immersed in this and see it every day mm-hmm. um, you take for granted some of the things that are like you know Roth or traditional to us that might be second nature yeah, yeah, some people sense. see this once a year I mean they're like I see it if in then, April if my accountant the first time yeah, I got it set up exactly after that
1: is just a line item on my tax return
3: uh, and to your point like we aren't taught it in school either so mm-hmm. a lot of it's just like hey here's a great paying job here's 100 pages of gibberish that are your employee benefits have fun reading yeah, through it go pick figure one. it out <laughs> no one's gonna walk up to their new manager like i don't really understand this yeah. uh can you hold not me even it? knowing their manager probably doesn't <laughs> exactly. understand it either yeah oh, that, that's just a whole right. other animal and, yeah. and
1: so yeah no it's it's one of those fear things right i don't want to look like an idiot but it's okay everybody you're asking probably doesn't know either it's, so the more exactly. you get to know the answer the more valuable you become essentially and the the more taken care of you are right absolutely so you guys work uh, with uh with people on an independent basis or do you working with uh, with firms and we it's
3: companies. kind of now developed into i'd say three buckets uh that have been attracted because um i started with the intent of individuals and families um so you know kind of driven ambitious motivated um basically people who want to take financial control And that, as I mentioned, kind of morphed into attracting a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners. Um, So I've loved the CFO type of role. Um, So I've kind of called it the outsource CFO role where now I'm working with people. Uh, typically, it's quarterly basis, um, and just helping them f- with forecasting, budgeting, cash flow management—basically, all of the things that dude, they don't want to be used. <laughs> yeah, doing. but those are so
1: important, dude. I mean, look, when when we're living our lives for the most part, we're on a month-to-month basis, right? We our most bills come on a month-to-month basis, so it forces us to think. It forces us to think on a month-to-month basis. But as you're building a business, you got to get beyond the month to month you should be forecasting in years and if not two years or three years in advance mm-hmm. because you're going to have things in your business that are seasonal for example you're going to have months that are really good and you're going to have months that are really slow and you need to be able to adjust your cash flow accordingly and and understand that there's going to be cycles in the market that could happen not just seasonal but it could be for real estate for example every 10 years you're going to have a, you're going to have a change if you're a real estate agent and you've been focusing your attention only on you know maybe you know finding for sale by owners well guess what? what there's going to come a point where those don't really exist anymore you need to start focusing on foreclosures for example i mean just different types of things that happen in any industry and forecasting is huge,
2: yeah, but people I, don't do it.
3: I have a huge benefit, too, of now getting to work with people through different industries. I mean, it's the same thing, whereas you're if you're lazy, I mean, and there's some huge benefits to niching, don't get me wrong. I mean, this, yeah, yeah. Uh, along with marketing, but also the expertise that comes with knowing an industry inside and out. But the other advantage of having some cross-industry exposure is you can start to see trends happening in other industries, I mean, particularly like technology, for mm-hmm. example, and how that might impact some of these other industries so I think that's another kind of fortunate that's
1: a a huge thing for for you to understand and a huge value point that you bring to your clients right look I I see things happening everywhere and I see things changing over here and these I I know it's like one of those ancillary things but it's going to affect you Mm -hmm. right I mean it's kind of like the whole government shutdown it was one thing if you know the government uh, employees or contractors weren't getting paid but what about the coffee shops and the restaurants and the stuff that they were going to those were being affected too because there was no money being spent there so you know you being able as a financial uh planner looking at the overall picture of this particular niche industry but at the same time understanding what's going on in other industries because of your clients that makes that i mean that's invaluable
3: yeah and i I mean as you can tell like that's a part of the business that i love yeah Uh, i think especially having the opportunity to kind of Work side-by-side with the business owner and talk through strategy, you know and and help in any way that I can as far as you know, what's the best way to attack it and I know we talked about this a little bit before, but um, one of the things is a lot of the times we're just looking at profits and losses and balance sheets, right? Mm-hmm. Which are all kind of backwards looking. So the fun part can also be looking at some of the key performance indicators with the business, creating that dashboard that's more forward looking and figuring out, okay, are we doing the things that are actually moving you towards that 10 year plan um, that you've you know so well articulated? Yeah. And I think that's the part that's really fun. Um, so that's morphed into, uh, frankly, my fastest growing part of the business right now. Um, that's like the second, bucket and the the natural byproduct of that too is as i'm working with those business owners that on the back end corresponds with their personal finances, right? Mm-hmm. Cause all right, now let's, we've gotten the business addressed, let's handle how you're actually getting paid yeah, and, yeah. and taking care of your own uh, circumstances. So those do go pretty well hand in hand. And then the third piece is I do manage money with my investment background. I'll manage like the 401Ks and small business plans um, for some of the firms as well. So kind of three different buckets that have morphed and I'm well, and all of all what's them. going. It's just exactly. part of what you do. Yeah, and they, they all interact. Very well.
1: Nice, Rick. Do me a favor. Look at the camera. Tell them how they get a hold of you if they want to. Uh, if they want to work with you, man.
3: Well, you can always call. Um, so I always do a free consultation. Um, no pressure. It's six one nine six three zero zero six six zero. You can find us at drivenwm com. So drivenwealthmanagement.com dot com is what that stands for. And then I'm pretty uh, active on social media. Um, big. Uh, push for me is education so a lot of free content uh, coming out pretty much daily and uh, weekly blogs Um, that's at our handle is at driven WM
1: and I saw you guys are hosting some training event coming up soon
3: yeah so uh, super excited I'm doing now uh, two seminars a month same thing free educational content Um, we have a building your financial foundations which is kind of our starter um, seminar Uh, again completely free and it's through meetup it's awesome Uh, we had great feedback and then the second one is the follow-on to that which is okay now that you've got your foundations in place how do you develop your financial strategy
1: cool education Free education. That's, uh, I saw you were doing it at the brewery. Coronado. Yeah,
3: it's uh, Coronado Brewery Tasting Room. Plug to them. I mean, they've been awesome and, and super accommodating. Uh, next one's going to be April 10th at 7 if you're available. would love you to have you. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, they've just been a great partner in that.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. So real estate agents out there, by the way, I mean, you're making money. You're making, you're closing deals. You're getting commissions. You're making it happen. What are you doing with it i want you to look at your savings portfolio if you even have one and if you don't you need to really look in the mirror and say okay i'm rounding the bend here in another year another great production what what do i have to show for it you need to have something put away for yourself otherwise why the hell are you doing it So So well said (laughs) Right I mean that's really What it comes down to So take a look in the mirror Take a look in that bank account If there's nothing At the end of the year Your savings should be Going on the uptick Not the downtick So if your bank accounts Are not going up On a regular basis You need to talk to somebody Rick's a good option Check him out He's got some uh, Some free stuff going on At least open your ears To some of those Some of that information Learn the vocabulary Speak the language So that when somebody Talks to you about it You know what's up Exactly You know exactly what's up Rick, dude, thanks for being ah, on the show, man.
3: Thanks for having me. This was a great chat with you guys. I love this stuff. Me <laughs> <laughs>
1: like I could keep going with this forever. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, quick reminder, 365 pairs of shoes. Uh over oh, oh, there. So 365 <laughs> pairs of shoes by the end of the year. Hamas over here. I, I haven't called you Hamas on the show in such a long time. James <laughs> over true. here. Right? James is going to ride his Harley out there. He's kind of loud, so hopefully the babies aren't sleeping when he shows up. But he will pick up those shoes, 365 pairs. Uh, any other
2: last minute stuff? That's it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Are we going to be live again after
1: I'm pretty sure we're going to be live with the with the All with right. Jose Ramirez over here. Double header
2: today. Double header today. So we'll today. see you guys around 5.
1: Remember, if you guys want to add insurance to your uh, business or you just have some policies you need help with, James at 619 884 40045 Or if you want to be on the show, like Rick over here, right? You got some stuff. Oh, I'm over here now. All right, see? Yeah. Director. All right. Or if you guys want to be on the show, you got some clients or some businesses that are pretty cool that you want them to be on the show, Hernan at csfirst.com, 619 com six one nine eight eight four four nine one five. Follow us on social media at Business Bros Pod. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye bye.
2: Thanks.
1: Guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email businessbros at right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening.